Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As another Summer League game is in the books, uh, it was not one to write home about. Let's just say that. This one was a tough watch. The Bucks go down to the Timberwolves, 91 to 64. They only managed 64 points in this game. The shooting was disastrous. 27% from the field, 17% from three. Uh, They even only hit 71% of their free throws. So it was just one of those nights for them. I am going to get back to that eventually, specifically to talk a little bit about Jordan Wara and what we've seen from him in Summer League so far, Frank. But uh, the good news is we don't have to stretch out this Summer League post-game analysis because we got some news overnight. Thanasty, we were waiting for him. You had a place on your your cap sheet for Thanasis to return. It was sort of stretching out curiously longer than I probably suspected it would, mostly just because of the case that I, I figured he was going to be back for absolute sure. Uh, but I guess maybe the Bucks just wanted to see what else was going on with the roster, iron out some other things they wanted to attend to in terms of the rotation and guys they wanted to bring in and potential trades. But nonetheless, the Nasus is coming back. And I think for the most part, everyone is happy about this now, which is kind of curious if you contrast it to when the original signing came down and there was a little bit more... Uh, hesitance towards the NASA, let's just say that. But I'm happy he's back. you got to have that guy on the bench. It, it's pretty crazy to think about the context of this because, I mean, the NASA signs two years ago, and, you know, this was obviously um, before the extension that Giannis signed. You know, you, you can't help but when he signs, think about, like, okay, so this is, like, some – pre-extension, you know, making Giannis happy type thing. Oh, man, it's a can of worms. What if he's, like, just completely terrible and, you know, or, or guys in the locker room resent him or, you know, what if it becomes this big deal and it ends up blowing up in their faces? And to sit here two years later and for Thanasis, look, I'm, you know, I, I would say Thanasis is not a guy that I would trust in, like, you know, playoff settings to play real minutes. Uh, you know, I think we saw that aside from that, that one end of quarter block, you know, didn't exactly shine through in, in his, in his handful of opportunities to play in the playoffs, but, um, he had plenty of company certainly on the Bucks bench in that regard. But, uh, you know, for, for this two year journey since the NASA has joined, um, to feature, you know, some genuinely fun regular season moments. Um, you know, he's a guy that, that actually, earn Bud's trust to an extent, right? I mean, especially before the Tucker trade, um, Bud seemed to like the way he brought energy and kind of brought um, brought something to, to kind of fire up the team at times. Um, and, I, you know, I think I think Zach Lowe's comment that basically, you know, comparing Thanasis to like a human bumper car, that, that always sticks with me. I feel like that's the most apt description of him because um, you can kind of take it in both, <laughs> both 
both positive and negative ways. Um, but for, you know, that two-year journey to end with, um, obviously, the, the Giannis extension uh, at the start of the season. So in some ways, it was like, all right, mission accomplished. Giannis was happy, felt comfortable enough at home and, uh, and in Milwaukee that, that he was willing to sign on the dotted line. And then to punctuate everything with, you know, Giannis's 50-point explosion in a closeout game of the NBA Finals. And um, for two brothers to win a championship together, right? Um, you know, we, we don't need to go through the, the Giannis life story, but this is a family that, you know, has been through so much together. You know, family over everything is, is what they, they always talk about. And for Giannis to win a championship. And again, the sad part of course was the NASA's getting into the health and safety protocol, not actually being able to be on the bench for game six. Obviously that was a really tough, tough thing. I think for, for, you know, both of them to, to have to miss out on, you know, having them, them be together at the end, but um, you know, either way to win a championship with your brother um, and to be able to, you know, have your family together like they have been the past couple of years it's a remarkable journey and, you know, you, I can't, I can't imagine how much more special it's been for Giannis, for Thanasis, for his family that, you know, these guys have been able to play together and obviously, you know, Giannis winning an MVP in Thanasis' first year and now winning finals MVP in Thanasis' second year. Um, you know, we can kind of quibble about end of bench roster spots and things like that. But when you win a championship, I mean, you know, you, you you don't want to get too sentimental, but eh, you can be a little sentimental. And, you know, I think, I think with everything that's happened, I, I just feel like, you know, I'm, I'm still just very much kind of able to look at this as just a very cool thing for obviously uh, the first family of Wisconsin at this point. <laughs> and, uh, and just something that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see them run back for another year. And, um, you know, who knows what we'll get out of Thanasis uh, on the court next year, but, um, I think certainly looking back at these last two years and the journey that the brothers have been on together to win a championship, it's just uh, something really cool. Yeah, I thought it was a no-brainer to bring him back because I think the other thing is not only we, – we talk about all the little things that he brings, and, and I do generally think that obviously Giannis loves having, having him around, which I think is, is meaningful. I think that really means something. But I also you know, I don't want to gloss over the fact that if you just look at him – as a player, I mean, he had moments during the regular season where he really was pretty impactful and, and not just the, the hustle stuff or whatever he was able to score. And again, you know, I, I, I copped some heat for saying he wasn't going to play in the playoffs. I believe that through. I still think that that's the case. But what we did see is that he has value on the roster, even on court during a regular season period. And maybe it is through the middle parts of the, the season where you just need someone like Thanasis who, as a role player, there's that perfect level of 120% energy every single time he comes on the floor. So he's become a really valuable player, um, you know, in the, in, the, in, the, in the locker room. And he's obviously really well liked as well. So I thought it was cool. It does really bring an interesting decision now to be made, though. And this really has come about. And I know, you know, I discussed the, the contract, uh, Yorgos, uh, the, the three-year deal that he signed with Justin the other day. So you haven't had a chance to to be on the pod and uh, on the pod and talk about that. But the fact that they weren't able to sign him to a two-way deal does, it is a bit of a shame. And, and I say that acknowledging that I've only seen him play twice, but 
put me in the camp that doesn't think that he's going to have an impact on the team this year that's trying to win a championship. Your ghost I'm talking about, Kalitzakis. So the fact that he takes a main roster spot now leaves the Bucks with 16 guys and Elijah Bryant or Mamadi Diakite, one of those guys is either going to be cut altogether. Maybe they they can they can sign a two-way deal and hang around the team. I'm not sure. But it is a little bit of a shame because, I, I again, I mean, we're talking about guys that I, I don't have high hopes that they're going to impact the team this this season with regularity or with consistency. But uh, those guys have been with the team. They won a title. I'd, I'd probably prefer to have those guys on the roster. Frank, it's time to talk about our new sponsors of the show over at Sweatblock. You guys heard me talk about Sweatblock the other day. It's a fantastic new product. And specifically, what we're talking about here are sweat block wipes. So there's a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. There's no doubt about that. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing, right? Some of you may not know that I personally have dealt with this. I'm like the, I'm like the human version or the, <laughs> not the human version, the non-superstar athlete version of Chris Milton. Particularly when I was in Milwaukee, that humidity got to me. I was sweating. So sweat block wipes can really help you in that regard, they are doctor created, doctor recommended. There's a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. They're featured and tested on Rachel Ray show by firefighters. And uh, you can imagine firefighters, they're in there. They're sweating a little bit. It's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13K reviews. So the good thing about Sweatblock wipes, you can wear what you want to wear. You're, it's your little secret to confidence and uh, this is a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag whether it's a big presentation or a hot date everyone can benefit the deal we've got for you guys you can get 20 percent off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or you can buy them at amazon or your local cvs and then uh, our old friends over at betonline.ag which we know is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing you can track all the action at Bet Online. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, or again, just jump on your mobile and sign up today. Use the promo code Locked On, and you will get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, I, I, I did listen to the pod you did with Justin, and I mean, I was kind of nodding along to to most of what you guys were saying, and a lot of kind of you know Justin's impressions of some of the different guys in the roster in particular. I was kind of like, yep, 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 um, and yeah, I mean, it's uh, you look at the back end of the roster. Obviously, uh, there there's a lot of guys there that are you can pretty much assume are are not really going to do anything for you in the playoffs at this point. Um, you know, the Yorgo signing, you know, I, I mean, look like everybody else, more or less, unless you, you know, are a, a big Greek basketball fan or, you know, you follow that random Lithuanian team he played for two years ago, by the way, with his twin brother, he has a twin brother apparently, hmm. um, who played sign on him the, up. sign him up. Play. I know. I was like, well, I guess we know who they're who they're going to pick next year. I, I think. I don't think that. I, I think this is their last draft eligible year. So, um, you won't have you won't have to burn a, a second yeah. round pick uh, to bring Panos is his brother's name. Um, 
By the way, I think Panos might have had better shooting splits than than uh, <laughs> Yorgos uh, last year, at uh, least. Uh, so anyway, <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know if maybe mistaken identity. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, <laughs> if, if Yorgos doesn't work out, maybe just you know switch switch, switch Panos in. Yeah, just switch him in and see if anybody notices. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of you know he's a minimum contract as you guys pointed out, so it's like it's always a little weird because it's like signing up the third year is, is typically that's more of a team favorable thing. Um, if, if it's a guy that you actually want to, you know, keep the fact there's obviously mostly non-guaranteed money is, is obviously, you know, a plus, but ultimately I think the most important thing here is just the roster spot. And, you know, I, I honestly did not expect the bucks to carry 15 guys, which is obviously the max roster size, not including two A's into the regular season. Um, I figured they would end up, you know, at 14 going to the regular season again, you know, like Elijah Bryant or even the Akita. I mean, you know, you can keep those guys through camp. You, you don't have to get to, to 15 until the regular season. But, um, I figured once the regular season comes down, I figured Bryant would get cut. Um, and like you said, could you bring him back on a two way? You could, you know, if he clears waivers, the Akita, could you have brought back on a two way? If you waived him, you could, but he would have to clear waivers and, I mean, I've, I've heard indications that there was interest from other teams last spring um, had the Bucks not signed him to, a, uh, to an NBA contract. So, you know, maybe he wouldn't clear waivers. I don't know. But either way, um, there's definitely some decisions to be made. And, um, I mean, I think the obvious one just kind of from what I've gathered is, is that Bryant is, is not going to be long for his NBA spot. And, again, whether that happens, you know, soon or uh, at the end of training camp or during training camp that, you know, I'm not sure. Um, you know, a lot of it too just comes down to if the guy's not going to make the, you know, if everybody knows the guy's not going to make the NBA roster, then, you know, his agent probably wants to figure out where he's going to play. Yeah. Um, and he was obviously a, a really good player in Israel. So, you know, I assume he could go back and, and I don't know if he'd go back to his old team or whatever, but, um, but anyway, we can kind of speculate, but, I would I would have to guess that that Bryant will not be on an NBA contract at least come uh, come mid October, <laughs> and then I think the the question then is you know for someone like Diakite who you know has had some moments in in summer league but you know I don't think we've seen like oh he's taken the next step in his development and he really looks like you know he's an NBA player like you know honestly I mean like today he had that one really nice spin move for a score you know he had a really nice block. He also got dunked on by Isaiah. Was that Isaiah, Isaiah Miller? Was that the guy's name? Um, so, you know, again, like is is Mamadi Diakite showing us that yes, he's you know the emergency big man that you're going to trust for the Bucks? Uh, I I don't know. I <laughs> I I would say like let's not. Um, I would not like to plan for a scenario where you have to play Diakite in the playoffs. Let's let's put it that way. Um, so so yeah, but ultimately, you know. I think there's, there's a couple things at play here. Roster flexibility, right? You know, signing another veteran, potentially now signing another veteran, uh, kind of during buyout season, you know, what would you want to do there? Um, and if you have 15 guys, you obviously have a lot less flexibility because at that point, you know, next spring you're waving a guy, his contract would get guaranteed. All these contracts get guaranteed at, uh, on January 10th if, uh, if they're not guaranteed before then. So, um, so I think, you know, again, there's, there's the roster flexibility and then there's just the kind of tax angle of it. And, you know, again, just if you're carrying a 15th guy that you don't need to 
and you carry that guy to the end of the season, right? Cause it's the end of season roster that matters for tax purposes. You know, if you had 14 guys and then you happen to carry, for instance, Yorgos, even at his rookie minimum of 900 some K, I mean, that's like a four or $5 million luxury <laughs> to, to keep that guy on there, including his salary and taxes. So I, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we, I don't think it's worth going into like all the detailed scenarios of what could happen, but look, they could waive Diakite mid season. And if somebody picks him up off waivers, he's not going to count against your tax. You could trade him to a, for a top 55 pick for, with cash. You know, there's different things you could do. Um, so I, I would be a little surprised if the bucks end up, um, let's say this, I don't think the bucks are going to, you know, be done with roster moves. Um, you know, as far as between, between now and, and the end of the regular season, I think it's inevitable they're going to do some things. Um, and we'll, we'll just have to see because I think as we all know, I mean, you know, is, is, uh, you know, pick, pick your, your group, right. Yorgos, the Akite, um, uh, obviously Elijah Bryant, um, even Wara, um, you know, are you penciling in any of those guys to, to be of any use during the playoffs? I think at this point you'd have to assume no until, until proven otherwise. So, um, I would imagine we'll see at some point another NBA guy or another NBA level contributor brought on as a free agent. But, um, my guess is that's not going to happen, you know, in the next month or or two before camp, my guess is, um, you know, we'll probably have to wait. And again, it'll probably just be like Bryant being waived by, uh, by the regular season. So, um, so I don't know whether that's smart roster management, I don't know. Um, but I think certainly with whether it's Yorgos or, or Diakite or even Wara, um, you know, we can, if we want to transit into maybe some of the game discussion of the game today, I don't think, uh, any of those guys have sort of like made an obvious case that they're going to be particularly relevant players, uh, come playoff time or, you know, to be honest, like, you know, um, I know there's probably a lot of, a lot of people who are like at least hopeful that maybe Jordan Wara could make a run at a, uh, you know at real rotation minutes during the regular season, but um, you know I think certainly the things that Jordan Wara does well and the things that Jordan Wara does not do well I think look pretty much the same as what they were last year, and obviously not a lot of time to like develop and get better. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There's a whole lot to take from from summer league so far for Jordan, and you know again. There's still a couple games left here, at least, but um, we'll kind of see where where things go from here. And then the real, you know, some, you don't win, you don't win rotation minutes in summer league, um, so it's really going to come down to camp for for all these guys. Again, and we did outline this in the pod the other day, so I don't really need to go over my my own thoughts. But I, it, it's just curious taking up a, a main roster spot, um, even just from the perspective, if if you wanted to. If you were going to sign someone on a minimum deal, I mean, there's still some guys out there. There's still some veterans out there that you would think, okay, yeah, maybe they can actually play and you would have a bit more confidence. So that's that's the only thing. I, I do understand why some people look at it and scratch their head a little bit. But uh, we'll see. I would be in the same camp as you, Frank, that based on what we've seen the last few years, I would expect the Bucks will make some sort of mid-season move here or try and add another guy that can really contribute at some point through the season. They've done that. Uh, since Bud's been around, since Horst has been involved as well. They've always had a bit of a swing in the mid-season there, so I think it'll happen. And I think it's always a little bit disrespectful when <laughs> when people say this because, or say what I'm about to say, because the guys are still professional basketball players and they're really, really, really damn good Like on the, on the world scale. I mean, these guys are really, really good at the game. But for a guy like Elijah Bryant, 
if he does get cut and you know he's not with the Bucks anymore, what about the two months he had? I mean, he only joined the team in April, I believe it was. Uh, played a few minutes here or there, but was you know front uh, front row seat on the bench in the practice facility with Giannis going through such a historic run. He gets he gets a ring. He's uh, part of a championship team. He's got that all those photos with the Larry O'Brien. He was in Milwaukee. He was part of the parade. Uh, I I don't know. It's always something I've been curious to ask these guys that find themselves in this situation, how they sort of look back on that or, or what the experience was like. But I have to imagine um, that's a pretty cool couple of months in his life and in his professional basketball career. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he gets signed and, I mean, he makes his NBA debut and scores 16 points in that <laughs> last game of the season, right? So it's not like he came in and, you know, was like a kind of garbage yeah. time player yeah. for a while. Like, he just went straight into the you know, frying pan into the fire. And uh, I'll say it again, he was technically the Bucks' fourth leading scorer last year if you just short by averages uh, on basketball reference. Are you going to be all right? If he, if he is cut, are you going to be okay? Yeah, I mean, I was joking about the end of the season. I think he was second or third among all rookies in uh, scoring <laughs> and like like rebounds or something like that, um, which, okay, uh, I'm kind of joking, but it is kind of just a weird statistical quirk that, you know, he – he happened to play one game and played a bunch of minutes and, you know, scored some points and grabbed some rebounds and shot some assists. So um, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of interesting. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a very accomplished player in Israel, which is a legit league. Um, And, you know, I think, I think his biggest challenge is that, you know, you just look at the guys the Bucks have added principally George Hill and Grayson Allen. Obviously those guys are, you know, are going to be playing um, ahead of, of him regardless and so you know you just sort of get to the point where it's like okay well you know what what room does he have even if he has a really good camp if he he makes it to camp and he has a really good camp um okay what does that get him right can can he beat out Diakite for the last roster spot you know it's it's kind of a tough thing look you know we've seen the Bucks bring in you know multiple guys um including you know former NBA players and basically have them sort of square off for the last roster spot and we've seen that in the past and you know it, it's not atypical to to have those kind of battles in camp to see who's who's going to come away with with that last roster spot so um you know who knows it, it could happen um but it kind of gets a little bit into sort of you know what he wants to do and if he's likely going to get waived does he want to stick around or you know does he want to just go and and find uh find a, a pro contract someplace else so um so i don't know we'll we'll just kind of have to stay tuned for that and um i mean again not not the most interesting of topics to be discussing on a on a friday night by the way if people are wondering why my audio is bad it's because i'm i'm staying at a hotel 10 minutes from my house um and i my daughter's asleep in our hotel room so i have gone down to my car and it is 11 o'clock on a friday night uh and i'm talking to kane and i can't think of anything i'd be rather be doing than talking about random 15th roster spot dudes and bad summer league games uh than than doing that with you on a on a friday that's like the ultimate you know washed up dad move i think kane is is to be sitting here in my car um on my on my iphone here recording a podcast so apologies for the uh, lack of quality and I, I still have a bit of a cold but uh but that's that's just kind of that's just where i am this is what i do for for fun i talk to you kane well nobody has ever questioned your commitment to this show or uh, to podcasting with me you actually just went to see a movie as well so this is a friday night a commitment on levels uh, we haven't uh, haven't seen for a long time here on this podcast 
All right, Frank, let's talk about Built Bar now. And I don't know whether you saw this, but if you wanted a company that you can support, Built is absolutely that. I had a number of people send me this clip over the last 24 hours, but Built uh, in conjunction with BYU and their football program, I believe it was, we're uh, paying for some tuition of some guys that were uh, walk-ons. Uh, don't get me started on the college system. I don't know how that all works and tuition and all that. But nonetheless, it's a great story from a great company. And with Built Bar in this instance, uh, we're talking about freedom of choice because there is nine delicious flavors to choose from. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're passionate about their favorite flavors. And why wouldn't you be passionate? about a company that's doing some pretty cool things like that. So whether it's coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, or one of the other great flavors, uh, you'll quickly decide which one is your favorite. And if you can't, then you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors, which will keep you going for a couple of days at least. The other cool thing about Built Bar, it's the official protein bar of the US track and field team, as we saw with the Olympics just gone, with the Paralympics coming up as well. So that's uh, that's a pretty cool fact for you. And the deal we have, just go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at built.com. Can I, uh, can I give an endorsement? Can I give an endorsement? Yeah, no, you can, can of course, uh, of course. Um, you know, it's people hearing this on Saturday, if you, you need a movie to see, uh, I saw a free guy with Ryan Reynolds, among others. Really enjoyed it. Very much enjoyed it. Uh, I also recently saw The Suicide Squad, which I enjoyed, the new one, and uh, Black Widow, which I also really enjoyed. I'm, I'm feeling very generic here because I'm just saying I really enjoyed all these movies. <laughs> I honestly don't know which one I would choose from. I feel like The Suicide Squad has gotten the most popular buzz among like, people I follow. Like, it seems like a lot of people really love that movie. Um, I liked it a lot. Uh, I don't know if I'd put it above Black Widow and uh, Free Guy, though. I, I really enjoyed it. I feel like Free Guy is kind of like a, uh, a mix of Lego Movie and Ready Player One, which I loved Lego Movie. And Ready Player One, I think, is more of a mixed bag in terms of the way people feel about it. But I, I still enjoyed that movie, too. So, um, so yeah, these are, my, these are my late Friday night movie recommendations for, for you, our loyal listeners. No, well, we love it. The last time I went to the movies, and it's been, they've just been closed here for, for so long, but I did get to the, I think I mentioned on the pod, I got to the Space Jam premiere. So that was the, uh, that was the, the one movie I've seen. Um, wait I, a minute, wait a minute. You went to a premiere? <laughs> no, it's, it's what happens. It, it, it's what happens over here. When, when everyone's locked down and nobody can travel, they have to go to the very, very bottom of the barrel, scrape the bottom of the barrel as hard as they possibly can, and then they came up with my name. And, um, and yeah, I did was you, just... Did you walk the red carpet, King? Yeah, I was, well, I was doing interviews. I was interviewing the, the real, um, the real oh. stars that, that showed up to the movie. So um, Wait, wait, wait a minute. Because I, 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 you didn't tell me anything about this. Who, who, are you, who, who qualifies as as uh, stars that show up to movies these days. Cause the way you're, the way you're downplaying this, I assume it was not one of my top five Australians, <laughs> i.e. Ky- Kylie Minogue and, uh, and Hugh Jackman. You would have told me if you talked to them, but what, what are like the C level D level celebrities that it sounds like you interviewed who, who qualifies for that in Australia? No. Well, I actually did think there was a chance Hugh was going to be there. I was waiting for him, but I didn't see him, but honestly it was mostly, it was mostly just athletes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like footy players, Australian footy players, basketball players, that kind of stuff. Because no one can go anywhere anyway. So if you weren't in Melbourne, 
you weren't uh, you weren't able to go to this thing anyway. Originally, they had a, a bigger event planned in Melbourne than they had a, a another event planned in Sydney, but the Sydney one got cancelled, and the Melbourne one was pretty uh, was pretty low key. So it was actually a purple carpet, uh, but they did have you know Bugs Bunny was there, Tazzy Devil was there. They had some of the some of the Looney Tunes there. So you know the kids were the kids were going crazy. They had a great time. Um, I'm sorry, did you just say Tazzy Devil? Yeah, that's what is that what he's is saying? that. Well, Tad, the Tasmanian Devil, um, is that like a nickname in Australia for Tasmanian Devil, as you call him Tazzy Devil? I mean, yeah. he's from your part of, the, part of the world, I guess, so you could probably call him whatever you want. But uh, I'm, I'm just kind of curious now if, if we're getting like, into some like, real deep cut Looney Tune <laughs> uh, regional differences here. Yeah, I've, I've only... Uh... And before everyone tunes out to the podcast, I want to, I've got some more Jordan. <laughs> We're past that. I've We're got past some, that. Everybody's case, already gone. In case anyone's listening still, I've got some more Jordan Wara stuff to wrap up this pod. But to get, to get back to your point, yeah, I've never called him anything other than Tazzy Devil. He was actually one huh. of my favorites. He was one of my favorites, actually. Um, yeah. Interesting. Because I feel like it's a, it's a super Australian thing to take, like, um, and uh, in English, right? Like, like nickname people, like, mm-hmm. uh, like, like ta- like you'd you'd call him Taza, right? Like that would yeah. be a very like like British Australian type of nickname. Or I always remember uh, Paul Gascoigne, you know, the, the the British soccer player. People would call him Gaza, and I just feel like that was like that's just a very like like a you know British and I guess Australian thing to do is just turn it into a Z and throw an A on the end. Yeah, well, Tasmania, like the actual state or island, whatever you want to call it, of Tasmania, I would never call it Tasmania either. I, we everyone just calls it Tassie, so it probably yeah, there you go. it probably stems. Uh, All right, prob- get, let's get to the Jordan War because I dragged this down a, a Australian regional wormhole that that people are probably sick of hearing about. Well, I don't know, maybe people enjoy this weird regional banter. It's but the Jordan, let's let's go to Jordan Jordan War. What what are your Fire up some some scorching hot Jordan War takes for us. Well, I, I think generally, and I, I believe that we've brought this up, or I certainly was listening to some podcasts where this was spoken about. And I think in general, it's a uh, it's a it's a pretty common theory or thought process when you're trying to look at your second year players at summer league. Um, you would like to see some dominance or some level of confidence and uh, uh, capability that sort of stands you out from the crowd considering that let's be honest more than half of these guys that you're playing against are probably not going to be on an nba roster right so i mean like you should be able to stand out from the competition and and jordan Wara was we spoke about it he had a bunch of threes in that first game he also scored 30 point 30 points on 28 shots so it's not like the efficiency was there at a level where he was just too good for anyone on the floor he scored through volume, which you know is good for him. He had the six assists, uh, six or seven assists as well, which you pointed out, which actually was noteworthy. But what we've seen in the in the two games since then, really, really struggled. Twenty six shots in that second game that they lost to Brooklyn on this night. He couldn't he couldn't get anything to go at all. He was one for eight from three again, and I believe he was one for eleven in the game against Brooklyn. So his shot hasn't been falling. In general, I don't think he's been taking good shots anyway. They've been forced. They've been rushed. You look at a guy, and this is where, if I'm comparing these two guys on the floor, even tonight, uh, Mamu had a couple of shots where I'm like, okay, well, they're pretty good shots. You know, like I don't mind the shots that he took there. He was always looking to make the extra pass, play within the offense. I never really got that sense with Jordan War, and I understand that's the type of player he is, but I just didn't really see anything from him in this summer league that, that 
made me believe that, okay, yeah, I've got confidence that this is a guy that's going to play ahead of, let's be honest, some of the guys that have been in the rotation, been NBA rotation players and are, and are going to really take that spot. There's not that many minutes that are out there for him. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't walk away from Summer League so far looking at Jordan Warren saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a lock to be in the rotation this year or even someone that I expect will force his way in there. Yeah, it's like the, you know, the, the kind of Twitter joke of pick a random player who loves to shoot and you say, in this case, quote, it's Jordan Wara time, unquote. Yeah. Jordan Wara, you know, that, that's pretty much Jordan's, Jordan's MO. But he's consistent. I mean, <laughs> when he plays in regular season games, He's also, he knows what he's, he's, you know, he knows what his calling card is. It's not like he's out there trying to play, you know, team basketball and, and move it and, and not look for a shot. And, you know, obviously it, yeah, he was pretty good at it in some very weird um, situations last year. Obviously he didn't really get much opportunity to play with, you know, better players. And I think that's, that's remains sort of the big question is what does he look like when he's on the floor with, with better players? And, does he, you know, get more open looks and given the defenses aren't tuned to him, does that turn into him being more efficient and being complimentary or does it turn into him, you know, Oh, I got a touch. I got to dribble into a, you know, fade away long two. that even though I'm pretty good at those, they're really hard shots and the defense will happily, you know, give that up versus a pick and roll with Chris and Giannis. Right. Um, and that's really kind of the the problem, you know, with with trying to figure out what he is and and how his skill level translates, because I mean we all know the defense is a huge question mark, um, but but even the offense, I mean, you know, again, it's being a role player is not easy, and you know, it's for for all the guys that you know eventually figure it out um, and and manage to kind of understand how they can be kind of those you know off the bench spark plug microwave type scorers, you know. The, the the overseas leagues are littered with dudes who were great college scorers or even, you know, showed flashes in summer league and other places. But then when it came to actually fitting into a role in an NBA team, it's just, it's just different. You know, it's just, it's just a, a different beast, different animal to try to try to do that. So, yeah, I mean, I think <coughs> we'll, we'll see kind of, you know, Vegas, the, the Vegas experience isn't over. We may get, you know, the Jordan war 35 point, <laughs> point explosion next game. Um, but I, you know, I think it's just hard to evaluate him in this setting because he doesn't have to play team basketball and, you know, he probably should be hunting a shot and working on, you know, his, his ball handling, working on his pick and roll game, all those kinds of things, which, you know, maybe aren't things he's going to get a lot of opportunity to do this coming season, but just in terms, you know, building out a better skill set you know, actually passing a little bit, which of course he's got one assist the last two games after having six in that first game. So we haven't really seen a lot of that carry over, but, um, but you know, that's kind of the hard part and I don't know, but I mean, I think we've, we've all been watching summer league long enough and um, you know, it's one of the beauties of summer league. Like, you know, summer league is awesome if you're a fan of a crappy team with a bunch of young guys, cause you can sort of, you know, delude yourself for a couple months into feeling optimistic about, you know, the random player you, picked at the end of the first round or the guy that you drafted a year ago who didn't really play much and you know now he looked pretty good in summer league you know we've all been there I mean we we had this with John Henson um you know we had this with Rashad Vaughn had moments in summer league you know we we've seen this movie before and typically these guys 
you know, typically it doesn't matter. Right. And, and again, there's always the exception, like, yes, Giannis used that summer league after his rookie year to, I think, work on his, you know, show, maybe not work on his game. That might be saying a little too much, right? Showing a little bit more of what his, his broader repertoire could be as a ball handler and initiator and scorer, which, you know, he really didn't, didn't do with any consistency as a rookie. Um, but by and large, you know, summer league is, it's, it's just exhibitions, right? And it's just something to kind of tide us over, you know, as basketball fans um, until the season comes. And I think, you know, if there's any upside from, from watching a game like today, which, you know, was just terrible basketball from the Bucks. I mean, they were just, <laughs> they were just, I mean, they literally looked like the little brother. They were just getting blocked by these, like, I mean, the Timberwolves were going up and just stuffing them, like, at driving to the rim. They were dunking on them. Like, they just got punked in this game today. You know, like, they couldn't make shots. It was just a, an absolute beatdown. And, you know, nobody... Nobody watching that game from a Bucks perspective would come away thinking like, yeah, these guys are, we got some guys, these young guys, oh, they could really, they, they could challenge for some, you know, like, it was like everybody came by and was like, all right, yeah, these guys are end of the bench dudes, they're young guys, maybe they figured some stuff out, eventually kind of, you know, become NBA players, but nobody was getting there saying, watching that thinking that, you know, these are dudes that are going to be, you know, carving out real rotation minutes on uh, on an NBA defending champion, so maybe a good reality check for us and a reminder, Hey, let's, you know, we can focus on the, the actual guys that, that won you a championship last year. And, you know, anything you get from, from these young guys, uh, is, is kind of gravy. Um, I will say this, uh, and it's funny because I, I messaged, uh, some people I'm in a chat with this comparison, uh, and then our friend Dean Mania, um, tweet it like messaged it kind of like we, we were both sort of like joking because it, like, it comes with a major asterisk but um there is something about yorgos who like and by the way my, my official pronunciation I've, I've had a couple greeks comment uh complimenting us for calling him yorgos and not georgios um although i've heard i also heard somebody saying that like he's happy to go by george so we'll see kind of what what sticks but yorgos is apparently the like his like preferred thing he goes by in Greece. So Yorgos, there's already a George on the roster. You know, let's just let's just keep it Yorgos. Yorgos, 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 uh, Kaliajakis. I believe is that's that's Kaliajakis. that's what I re- I saw that on Reddit. So I'm gonna go with Kaliajakis okay. until someone someone tells me otherwise. Um, Yorgos, when he's when he's out there, the player he he bears a, the most resemblance to. The way he kind of like he's he's I think he's six seven. The player I'm going to compare to is six six. They're both white guys with the same haircut more or less. Um, Yorgos wears eighteen. This player wears thirteen. Uh, they're both kind of you know big guard type players who can pass a little bit um, and have some physical tools, but are not what you would call like really athletic. Um, he's basically if Bogdan Bogdanovich couldn't shoot. That's <laughs> That's my, that's my Yorgos comp. And you hear the first part of that sentence. Um, and you feel like well, Bogdan. Wow. That's a, that's a big compliment. But then you say, wait a minute, if Bogdan Bogdanovich couldn't shoot, is that an NBA player? Um, I don't know. I, I, you, you remember Yorgos, you probably recall it. Yorgos threw up an air ball from the corner today, oh, which I was remember. like literally, literally like a Giannis level, like air ball, like just a, like, you know, like, like a, like if one of us was like, you know, sitting sideline in, 
um, non-athletic shoes and someone gave us a ball and was like, shoot a three pointer. And we just like threw it up there and we're like offline and way short. That's basically what Yorko's one three looked like today. And look, I'm sure he's a much better shooter than, than that shot indicated, but not his, his history, his, his, his statistical history does not suggest he's a great three point shooter. Okay. Like go through his European numbers, not exactly a guy who uh, was lighting up the world from three point range. Um, he did hit a little like kind of step back, uh, off a drive, uh, in the game today. So kudos to him for that. He had seven assists, which is not easy in a game that the Bucks literally couldn't score in. Um, so I don't know. I mean, he's got some skills. He can handle it reasonably well for a guy his size. He's not like weak. Um, you know, like that first game he finished in, in traffic once or twice, but, um, again, like, is he above average in any of those respects? Uh, I'm not going to say that <laughs> by, by NBA standards. No. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that I can sort of see what a scout may have seen and saying, Hey, this guy's maybe got some potential. Um, but I, yeah, it, it's, it's a ways off and, uh, you know, he's only been playing now for two games, right? He just kind of got here. Um, uh, we'll be curious to see if he really gets any, gets much of any playing time during the, the preseason um, probably in those, the first game or two, right? Cause you don't expect the, the real rotation guys to maybe even play much at all in the early part of the preseason. But, um, I don't know. He's an interesting player, but, um, you know, I think overall, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's temper our, our hopes. And, um, certainly he's probably a guy that's going to probably do more damage, uh, for, for the Wisconsin herd than, uh, than the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Well, the people of Oshkosh will be, uh, Looking forward to having their team back. It's been a while since I got to watch uh, those guys play, but I'm glad you mentioned the assists. That is actually, you know, truly noteworthy that he was able to get seven assists. And he's had a couple of little moments. There was a couple of nice, you know, one-on-one defensive possessions as well because he is kind of, well, he, well, he is big for a guard and sort of has, uh, appears to have long arms. I don't know what his wingspan actually is there, but picked up a couple of steals as well. So, yeah, shout out to him. It would be tough to just show up as he has, and then go straight on the floor as well. As we know, you know, Summer League, these teams aren't exactly uh, completely in sync, let's just say that, and especially on a night like tonight. But they've got the Wizards in a couple of days' time, so Summer League will continue to roll on. I was going to dive into some Jason Kidd stuff, but hey, we've got plenty of time in the offseason. I, I don't want to bring down the mood um, by talking Jason Kidd here as everyone's trying to enjoy their weekend. He sucks. Yeah, I mean, he sucks. Some, um, let's just say... I. Not surprising stuff, but but still just, you know, disappointing stuff to, to read some some of the stuff that's come out with Jason Kidd and from his time here in Milwaukee. But I'm sure we'll get into that uh, a little bit later on. But, but for- honestly, honestly, though, Kane, like, I mean, what, what I mean, seriously, that everything is going so perfectly for the Milwaukee Bucks and Bucks fans this summer. I mean, we win a freaking championship. And then to top it off, Mirren Fader's book comes out and the one of the biggest takeaways aside from Giannis being awesome and just a wonderful person is Jason Kidd sucks. Hey, you know, I mean, what, what an unexpected little bit of uh, enjoyment for Bucks fans who obviously were happy to see Jason Kidd uh, be ushered into the exit. And now we get to sort of relive kind of the crappiness of Jason Kidd. And um, I feel bad for Mavericks fans because I do have some friends who are Mavericks fans, but um, you know, uh, yeah, it is what it is. It's kind of fun. We let's definitely talk about it a little bit because there's definitely some interesting anecdotes that have been flying around. Some, um, some I think were were known previously. Others are a bit newer. Um, 
but but yeah provide some more insight to um why none of us really like jason kidd so yeah it's a good tease for next week on on one of the off days here summer league starts to uh to wrap up we're gonna have to come up with some creative stuff to talk about we'll do a mailbag obviously at some point i'm sure people still have plenty of questions from whether it's the championship run or free agency uh, but yeah, for the Mavericks, uh, the scary thing for them is the timeline for where Giannis was contract-wise and his rookie contract and where Luca is right now uh, is a few years advanced. The Bucks were fortunate enough to to get Jason Kidd out of there and still have time to uh, to get things right. But uh, Dallas uh, are on the clock a little bit there. So I'd be terrified if I was a Mavericks fan. But anyway, the Bucks lost tonight. They stunk. They got blown out by the Timberwolves. Nobody cares because the Bucks are the champions. Hope everyone enjoys their weekend and uh, enjoyed our movie reviews on this uh, podcast here for Frank and myself. Bring, bring that, bring that, bring that the nasty energy to your weekends, folks. Yes. Be, enjoy your weekends, embrace them, embrace them the way the Nassus embraces a late third quarter, end of end of uh, end of the period defensive possession. Bring that same zeal to your personal life, and and uh, you'll have a good weekend if you do. I think.